0: But at the end of the day, I'm here to help you in every way I possibly can. And today, it's all about the sales call. We want to get on the phone with the best of intentions. And the best of intentions include boundaries for us and for them. Because when we get on the phone with no plan, we spend way too much time and the sales call sucks. The whole experience blows for both of us, everybody involved. Welcome back to the Selling for Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Renee Rebar, TEDx speaker, author, sales coach. I have trained thousands of people to make millions of dollars, and I'm going to break it down step-by-step for you right here. This podcast is specifically designed to help women-owned seed startups with that initial lift to get their business, their offers, their profit margins off the ground and running toward their goals. If you've ever thought you would make the sale but didn't, We're going to have some fun. So the bottom line is this. When you tune in, you're getting current trends in real time on how to exactly make meaningful sales activities in just 10 minutes a day, even if sales isn't your thing. I have some really interesting stats to share with you today from HubSpot about sales, specifically sales calls. So here's the stat. 50% of buyers like speaking on the phone before making a buying decision. And this percentage goes up the higher up the ladder you go. So if you're speaking to the founder of the company or the CEO or the CMO or a marketing manager, more influence, more decision-making abilities, the more likely you are to have to get on the phone with someone. So when someone tells me, Renee, I don't need more sales call training, I need more leads. I call BS. So there is a big problem with sales calls, right? I mean, th- there is a big problem with them. And I'm going to talk about that today because that statistic shows that we do need to have some degree of understanding and respect for the sales call. But there's so many ways to do this wrong. And I want to right some of those wrongs today. There is a big problem with sales calls because the reality is sales is a non-negotiable skill. Learning to sell no matter what department you're in, no matter what company you are a part of, whether you own your own company, whether you just started it up, whether you're a a freelancer, a copywriter, a journalist, whether you make water for a living. (laughs) There's all kinds of new waters out, by the way. I'm really interested in this whole new area, my local Kroger, about all the different flavored waters. Another story for another time. But the reality is this, sales is a non-negotiable skill. No matter where you are in business, sales is an important skill to learn, refine, and evolve over time. Because if your business is not selling, if your business does not have sales coming in, your business will go out of business. And the harsh reality of those statistics are that 60% of businesses that started up less than five years ago are already out of business. I don't want you to be a statistic. Knowing what we know, looking at the numbers, looking at the reports, we know that 50% of buyers want to get on a call, phone call, before or Zoom before making a buying decision. And I want to help you do that. So, let me ask you this. I'm sure you've been on a sales call or or 10. And if you've ever gotten off a sales call and thought this, "Well, that was a royal waste of time." Have you ever said that to yourself? Keep listening. This is for you. Or maybe you've gotten off a sales call and you were like, "Well, that was horrible." If you've ever said that, keep listening. If you're trying to figure out what to offer, when to sell it, and how much you should charge, which is, first of all, really great opportunities. That's the best part of being a business owner is that you don't have somebody else telling you what to offer or when you have to sell it, or how much you have to charge. From being in sales for so long, the fact that I could determine what I was going to offer, how I was going to bundle it, when I was going to launch it and sell it, and how much I was going to charge, this is a gift from the Almighty, I can tell you. But I can see individuals who have not been in sales before, they don't have the pain, the memory of the pain of people telling you what to offer, what to sell, and how much to charge for it. And so, Maybe you don't realize the freedom and joy you should be having around that, but here's the reality. My recommendation is this, get on a call with someone or some ones, people, multiple people that you believe have the same problem that you know how to solve and start asking questions. So step number one in the problem around sales calls and really the the big affinity we have around avoiding them <laughs> and knowing the stats as per HubSpot, 50% Of decision makers want to hear your voice either on a Zoom or a regular phone call before making a buying decision. The first thing I want you to think about is, number one, write this down, primary market research. It's worth it every minute, every minute, every time. But you've got to do it right. And there's so many ways to F this up. So the problem is this, most of us don't set ourselves up for success on the call. So we we say, hold it, hey, listen, can I talk to you for a few minutes? Can I ask you a few questions? Can you carve out 10 minutes? I want to ask you, I want to do some research. Will you give me that time? Yes, sure, no problem. We go in and we ask questions that aren't going to help us understand where the real pain is. So three bullet points on what to do on the call. So number one, you're committing to doing the call, primary market research. This is not even a sales call. This is before you do the sales call. If this is a big problem for you, this is going to help. Commit to doing some primary market research calls. Number two, on the call, here are three points to make. Stop waiting until the call to start connecting. I want you to look them up beforehand. So let's say, for example, you have a pool of people, maybe in a Facebook community or your email list or your local chamber of commerce or your alumni group or the National Organization for Women Business Owners or a local organization that you're a part of. And you say, "I need five people to help me with some primary market research. Who's willing to get in a call with me? I'll make it worth your while. Whatever that looks like, right? You give them your never-ending love and affection. You send them a cookie. It doesn't matter. I mean, big companies do this all the time with focus groups, right? You start right away by making that appointment, but don't wait for the the appointment to get to know the person. So you start by looking them up. Now, if you've hanging out with me at all for any length of time, you've heard me say this before, and that is use Google, look them up on YouTube, type their name into Spotify, type their name into Amazon, see what comes up. You might be amazed. Type their name into LinkedIn, type their name into Twitter, see what comes up. Who are they connected to? Who are you both connected to? Who do you follow? Who do you both follow? What are they posting? What are they commenting on? Everybody has a footprint, so don't wait until the call to start learning about them. Second thing you want to do when it comes to the actual sales call is start by outlining what you actually want to ask and have a list of meaningful questions. Oftentimes, these meaningful questions become clear when I look them up. I'll know what I need to ask because I've just learned more about them, whatever I could possibly Google, so that when I do get to the phone call, I'm not asking questions that I could have Googled. I didn't have Google when I first started selling professionally. I wished I had. It's a fantastic tool. I mean, back in the day, we had the phone book. Do you even know what that is? They don't have anything. They make them anymore. We had the when. When I heard "Let your fingers do the walking," that was your yellow pages ad. Now my fingers can do the walking, and they don't even have to walk. It's just my little thumbs and my little phone doing some Google action. It's so good. You have it so good. So it's a great time to start a company and be an entrepreneur and sell for yourself and. I just can't say it enough. Okay, so you're going to stop waiting until the phone call to start connecting. You're going to start by outlining what to ask and have a list of meaningful questions. And you're going to stop letting the call go over. And what I mean by over is over time. So if you set aside 15 minutes, it's a 15 minute call. That's it. 15 minutes. And you have to hang up. Oh, but Renee, I don't know how to hang up. I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to have to tell them, oh, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you and hang up. Well, there's a magic little thing called an alarm. This is something I learned back when I was dating 100 years ago. Now, my husband and I have been married for, I don't know, 25 years now. So it was a long time ago. But I remember that I would get a phone call. I would schedule my friend. I would commit her with a pinky promise to calling me at 830 if the date started at eight. And I would say, you call me at 830 and you make my phone ring. And I would make sure it was on loud and all the volume was there. And I'm, oh my goodness, I have to take this call real quick. And then I can decide at that point if that date is worth continuing on or I can use that call as a reason that I have to leave. So today you can just set an alarm that can go off audibly. It could be your oven timer for all I care. The microwave timer, the timer on your phone, you got tons of options. The audible alarm goes off at the said time that you set it up and you say, oh my goodness, that's our time. I have more questions for you. I have about a thousand ideas for you too. Let's do this. Let's set up another call so we don't lose touch. Now between the first call and the second call, then you can really get deep and find out not only all the things you've already found out, but expand on that, find out exactly what you could be offering them. And this pre-frame is so vital. Now, there are naysayers out there that say, Renee, two calls, that seems crazy. Okay, well, how many posts have you put up in the last 30 days? How many sales did that get you? I mean, maybe it got you all you need. Then you don't need to listen to this podcast. It was great knowing you. But at the end of the day, I'm here to help you in every way I possibly can. And Today, it's all about the sales call. We want to get on the phone with the best of intentions, and the best of intentions include boundaries for us and for them. Because when we get on the phone with no plan, we spend way too much time and the sales call sucks. The whole experience blows for both of us, everybody involved. So the point is, is that when you have a sales call, you're finding out information. Again, I'm calling these sales calls, even if they're primary market research calls, because the sale isn't just when you ask for the money. It's everything that happens from the moment that you meet. And so a lot of times when I teach my students and my work with my clients, they're like, wow, you're really impacting the way I'm marketing for my business because I'm able to refine so much of it so that all of my marketing efforts lead to the point of sale. So that leads to something. We're not just marketing for the sake of marketing. We're not just posting for the sake of posting. Everything we do is precision, right? I mean, do you want to drive a precision automobile or do you want to drive some clunker that just got put together ad hoc in someone's garage? I mean, you know, it's up to you, get you where you want to go, but I would rather drive precision. And so that's what I want to do for my sales calls. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. So the point is that when you have a sales call, you're finding out more information that you can't Google. And then you're taking the next best step together, but you're also retaining the role of trusted advisor. So when you ask them to get on a call because you're doing research, you're doing primary market research, that's number one. Number two, you're hosting the call using those three bullet points. And now number three, you're ending the call with another meeting set up in the future. It could be in person, it could be on the phone. At some point in the future, you set up that point before you hang up that call and that gives you that continued relationship. You hear me saying this over and over again. This is the drumbeat of my life. You meet people, you connect with them, and then you continue to connect with them. There are so many ways for us to do this, so many ways that we can get creative and have fun and make it exciting and gamified if we want. And here's your permission slip. Just because you get on a sales call with someone or any call, you can call it whatever you want. If calling it a sales call is not comfortable for you, then just call it a call. Just call it a phone call. Here is your permission slip. Just because you get on a sales call with someone, it does not mean you have to make an offer. Let that sink in. And I want you to think back to those times when you were dating again, right? We talked about a timer. Well, my mother was right. Just because he takes you out to dinner does not mean you owe him anything, Renee. It can just be dinner. So I want to encourage you that you don't have to have all the answers when you get on a sales call. A sales call is not about you presenting yourself. That is not the best use of your time. So if you've been using what you might be calling at sales calls as a way to present why you would be the best person and present your solutions, what you might be missing is the real answer that they're looking for. And then you're building a, you're building a wall where you could have built a bridge. I see so many smart and amazing professionals not wanting to ask questions because they feel like if they do, they're going to be too salesy or too pushy and they're going to feel like they're forcing somebody into something. Or they feel like worse, they don't want to ask questions because they feel like they're supposed to know the answer already. What gave you that idea? I don't know everything. I don't know anybody who knows anything. In fact, the most intelligent people that I've worked with and spent time with, they're the first ones to admit, you know what? I don't know everything. I'm going to come into this like a student with my eyes wide open as if I don't know anything. And then I'll learn something for sure. So in the sales call process, what I'm encouraging you to do, especially when it comes to being on the call is to be inquisitive, to be curious, to put on your journalistic hat. Ask questions in different ways. Ask questions that cannot be Googled. Ask questions that they want to answer, that they're going to help them get excited about what's possible if only they had the right solution that you have. And again, you don't have to give that solution on the first call. You can give that solution when you're ready, when you've qualified them when you know for sure that they are the right person that deserves to hear your solution. The worst part about getting on the phone and feeling like they need to be a certain way, like, oh, I I need to be perky, or I need to try and show them that I know what I'm talking about, or I need to try and show them how smart I am, or I need to try to show them how many other people I've helped. At the end of the day, those pieces don't make the actual difference between somebody getting to know you and buying and somebody getting to know you and not buying. What makes the difference is that they feel seen, heard, and understood by you. So my advice to you, my friend, is to just be yourself. You are already smart enough and your normal personality is exactly what you need to show. Trying to act a certain way will just exhaust you. So I cannot try to be calm. I've never been accused of being calm. I've never been accused of being laid back. I am not a laid back and calm person. It j- doesn't matter how much coffee I have or don't have. I could go off caffeine for four weeks and still be as amped up and ready as I am right now. I tell you. So it's just not in my nature. So if it's not in your nature to be a certain way, then don't be that way. You are already enough. Please repeat after me. I am already smart enough. My normal personality is exactly what I need to show. Please, I encourage you. You are simply asking questions when you do get that chance to have that call with them. And then your goal, whenever you connect with anyone on a sales call, is to simply give your best advice. And sometimes it's not you. And sometimes it is. So say this before your next call. I can set aside 15 minutes to hop on a call so that I can get the full picture of what's happening and then give you my best advice, even if it's not me. So if someone is reaching out to you in this case, they're saying, hey, I need you. I need you. Then you can say, I can set aside 15 minutes to hop on a call so that I can get the full picture about what's happening and then I can give you my best advice. So I've just given you some different pieces of how to handle the actual sales call, because there are big problems with sales calls. And we do know that 50%, the statistics show 50% of buyers need to speak to you either on a Zoom or a phone call before they're going to make a final buying decision. What I've recommended to you today is a series of calls so that you're not saying things like, well, that was a royal waste of time, or I need to find people who can help me. (laughs) So that you can go into the sales call with a primary market research mindset. And in fact, just going into the first call with that attitude, not even trying to sell them something is oftentimes the best way to put yourself and that other person in the best position to have a mutually beneficial offer come up. And so now you know how to handle the mindset of the call, the actual call, And what happens when people come to you and say, I need you. I need your help now. Now you have a phrase in your pocket and it goes like this. I can set aside 15 minutes to hop on a quick call so I can get the full picture about what's happening and then I'll give you my best advice, even if it's not me. And you can repeat that over and over and over again in different scenarios and it will always work because my goal for you is to maintain a relationship over everything else for every person you ever connect with. Every person you ever connect with is one of the three C's, a connector, a collaborator, or a client. And often over the course of your relationship together, they'll become all three. I'm so glad we've had this time together today. If any of this still feels fuzzy or hard or challenging, then I encourage you to keep listening. Come to my website, sellingforyourself.com. There are lots of free goodies and things for you that will help you feel great about selling for yourself. Thanks so much for listening. If you ever thought you would make the sale, but didn't, let's hang out more. Thank you so much for listening to the Selling for Yourself podcast. This episode is brought to you from my heart. If you loved it, please share it with someone that you like. And if you didn't like it, my name is Bob. When you subscribe to this podcast, You'll also get the chance to come to my live page, sellingforyourself.com, where you can ask questions, hear previous episodes, and stock up on your selling for yourself goodies.